This is the Light Goddess Podcast. I am Jude Hotep, the goddess astrologer and soul coach. If you are here, it is because you are divine feminine soulpreneur. And come hell or high water, you will root more love into this world. Let's get into it. Your natal birth chart is your decoder ring to everything you could ever want to know about yourself, about your life, about overcoming the issues and blocks to create your wild, audacious dreams. It is full of potentialities, possibilities, and blank pages so that you can make art out of your beautiful life. Join us for my exclusive online retreat called Healing Through the Zodiac, where you'll take the 12 zodiac signs and learn how to use them in your life to feel better, nourish your relationships, and make your dreams a reality. Each week, we gather together in sacred feminine women's circle style and dig in deep to the 12 signs of practical application in your life. We don't do the boring-ass patriarchal Greek mythology. We don't do any of the outdated information that doesn't help you in your life. We only learn everything about the sign that makes them functional in your life so you can feel better, nourish your relationships, and make your wild, audacious dreams a reality. Come join us in Healing Through the Zodiac, my exclusive online retreat by going to Empowered Women Rise com. That's empowered women with an E rise, just four letters dot com. Welcome back to the Light Goddess Podcast. I'm Dev Hotep, the goddess astrologer and life coach. Episode 480, y'all. This episode is called Astrology, Your Real Big Three. What's fascinating to me is that I don't see other astrologers teaching South Node Moon Rising. But that is what you'll actually see in somebody's personality, not their sun. More than that, you will see the house of someone's Pluto deeply in their personality, in their, in their who they are-ness, in the way they show up in the world. It will be a part of who they are in a way that you just cannot deny. So instead of your big three being your sun, moon, rising, if we really want to understand the way someone is going to show up in the world we want to know not their sun, moon, rising, but their Pluto by house, their south node, and their moon and their rising sign. You might be saying, wait a minute, that's not three, that's four. You're right. <laughs> it's four things. But everyone kind of knows that lingo out there, like your big three. What's your big three? Your sun, moon, rising, right? But really, I'd really encourage you to start working with south node, moon, rising, and your Pluto by house. I'm going to go into everything about this. So the 12 zodiacal signs, the 12 signs, they are lenses which we act through, we perceive, we understand, we're looking through. And so when we have a planet like Venus, which is relationships, our relationship to ourself, our relationship to others. Well, in Aquarius, it's very different than if it's in Scorpio. In Gemini, it's very different than if it's in Leo, right? And so the 12 signs are these, these lenses, these archetypes through which the planets behave through, so to speak. So when we look at your Pluto by, by house, it's so deeply a, who, a part of who you are. When we look at your south node by sign and house, when we look at your moon by sign and house, when we look at your rising sign by sign, because your rising sign, your ascendant, will always be first house. 
So obviously, a, a lot of people know their conventional big three. A lot of people don't know what their big three are, let alone what the real big three are. The south node, their rising, their moon, and then the house that their Pluto is in. So if we're going to look at your real big three, including Pluto by house, we're going to look at why Pluto matters so much. Pluto is correlated to your soul or your higher self. Higher self is just a term for your soul. Personality is just a term for your ego. If you look at archetype of the house that your Pluto is in, you will see yourself through and through. Someone with a Pluto 10th house may be a serial entrepreneur or a politician, or someone that takes responsibility in a a leadership type of role, maybe within their immediate life, they may take on all the responsibility. How can we help ourselves? That is what astrology is. It's the language of life. It's the code breaker. It's so we don't have to struggle as much. It should have been taught in kindergarten. So let's look at somebody else, you know, eighth house Pluto, studied metaphysics and psychology since very young age, grew up to become a healer, Scorpio, and uses metaphysics and psychology in their work, eighth house. And it's all they think about. It's who they are so deeply that Scorpio energy pierces the veil on all of their clients' problems, getting to the root of the root of them so they can help people do the deep alchemical transformation, eighth house Pluto. It's such a dead on example, real example. My last example, again, real example, someone else with a Pluto fourth house, a male, hetero, looks for women constantly that will give them attention and make them feel safe, good, cared about. Their mother died at a very early age. Dad wasn't really available emotionally. Pluto fourth house learning is that one never really has parents typically there for them emotionally. Often it is a death of a parent. The fourth house is parents, it's family, it's home, it's foundation. They're turned back in upon themselves to develop fourth house emotional security from within, not relying on their parents or later lovers. Here's the thing, though. We just very naturally want caring, loving, nurturing parents, but also this is their, this is the evolutionary development that their soul is wanting. This particular case study This person is kind of very babyfied as an adult in their 30s because they're not consciously working with this dynamic. They don't understand that this is what's playing out and driving them to the behaviors that they're going for. And and so if astrology was taught in kindergarten and you knew it was the map of your soul's journey through this life, then this male, this man could work with that knowledge, become emotionally empowered, stop trying to seek their emotional security from women, and then maybe having cultivated deep self-love attract another whole emotionally secure person to have that deep loving relationship with that they crave. So, so this is why your Pluto is so important. Whatever house your Pluto is in, it's your soul self, pre-personality, pre-ego self, and it will be showing up in every part of your existence, your expression and experience of life in a positive and or negative way. <laughs> Your south node, your south node is your ego personality from all of your recent past lives that matter and correlate to this lifetime. So this begs a past lifetime conversation. So you've had possibly thousands of lifetimes to look at how slowly humanity changes and grows and evolves. We've been a species that thought it was a good idea to suppress emotions and the feminine for 6,500 years. Evolution is really slow, y'all. But there are only 
a certain amount of lifetimes that correlate to this lifetime that you're currently in and what is important to your lifetime this lifetime and your soul's goal for this lifetime. So back to your south node by house and sign, that is your personality ego for all your past lives that correlate to this lifetime. So it's going to be very deeply who you are. So like a sad south node probably was alienated or felt alienated in past lives due to being very individuated from the consensus of the society that they lived in for possibly hundreds of lifetimes. And so in this life, it may mean that that person tends to isolate a lot, recreating the patterns from the past lives unwittingly, while simultaneously perhaps craving deep relationships because let's say they have a Scorpio Venus. So Venus being our planet of relationships, relationship to self and others. And now you have someone who is scared to break through their own limitations, scared of betrayal and abandonment, because of that Scorpio, that Venus being in Scorpio, and has that Sag South node. And so maybe in high school, they had some close-knit friendships, but that came about because of the environment, because they were in a close-knit community, went to high school with these people, the parents were friends of the of, with the kids, and so they became friends with these kids that, that were their parents' friends' kids, and then they all went to the same school together, and so they were this tight-knit, close group. But now they leave their their home for a new city, go to college, and they start to face a lot of difficulty because that South Node Sag tendency towards feeling alienated and then having a Venus and Scorpio scared to death to put themselves out there because they might get betrayed or abandoned, and bam, you have a recluse that shuts themselves in their room and doesn't go out and make friends. What about a South Node Libra? People pleaser. Does it for everyone else. Doesn't put themselves first. Doesn't do self-care. Ends up in abusive types of relationships one after the other. Doesn't even think to do self-care or put themselves first. Also gets their sense of self-worth from other people in relationships and for doing for others. They're completely a chameleon. They kind of chameleon themselves and lose their sense of identity into their relationships. They're compassionate to a fault, loving, kind, giving, caring, generous. All of these things which they'll use to benefit in their work, in their business, in their um, parenting, in their life. However, the, the, the shadow side of their self-node is playing out the old negative patterns in their life. What about an Aries self-node opposite Libra? So Aries self-node, they're a warrior. They love being alone. They don't really need anyone else. They need a lot of time on their own. They won't necessarily go spend time with others because they just don't think about it. They're busy. They're always doing something. You know, that fire energy wants to move, it wants to create, wants to do. Maybe they have a hard time taking a break or taking care of themselves, but for a completely different reason than the self-node Libra person. They're very individual, fiery, independent, fierce. So you see how the South Node will absolutely be someone's in someone's personality because we have been that personality in tens and tens and possibly hundreds of past lives. We are deeply that, our South Node. We are conditioned to that sign and house. We have the problems of that sign and house. And we will very much have that strong, thick thread throughout our personality. The other thing to understand about your moon, your rising, your south node is that those particular placements in your natal birth chart and your own personality, yourself, your consciousness, your being will hold a lot of shadow over other areas of your chart. So not only are these the 
the the true big three <laughs> that are um, I keep laughing because it's really four, but you know let's stick to the same language of the big three um, to make it easy because a lot of people don't even know their big three. So now we're going to introduce you know a different big three and then add in Pluto. But but you know but let's just keep it simple here. The thing about these placements are it's where we'll have a lot of shadow, and so it's where a lot of the healing is needed. It, you know, and we look to Chiron for healing and, you know, we have a Chiron eclipse this year. It's a big deal. We also have Chiron coming up on the anniversary of when it was discovered. You know, there's a lot going on with Chiron this year. We have a conjunction of Chiron and the North Node on the 19th that hasn't happened since 2008. And it's in Aries, the sign of autonomy and sovereignty meaning the opposite of Libra, people-pleasing, Libra shadow, people-pleasing and doing for others and not having our own unique sense of self and identity within what? Libra relationships. So so it's interesting to really understand that our sun is our life purpose. It's what we're meant to become. And our Pluto polarity point, it's a really uh, not great name to say our our soul's evolutionary intention, our, our soul's goal for this lifetime. So it's the opposite house and sign that our Pluto is in, unless you have a Pluto North Node conjunction. So almost everyone though, there's, you know, the rare people that have a Pluto North Node conjunction, there's a couple other types of configurations in a, in a natal birth chart that may mean that you don't have a Pluto polarity point. You have a, a your soul's goal still, but it'll be denoted by a, in a different way in your chart. But most people will have that Pluto polarity point. <laughs> you can just think of it as your soul's goal and your son. And, and those are the things that your soul intended to get out of this lifetime. But there, it's so rich. It's so vast. It's so deep within that. What does that mean? I mean, it's so vast. So your your rising sign and your moon sign are your personality ego. Your rising sign is the external expression of your personality and your ego. And your moon sign is a very inner deep part of who you feel yourself to be. Your rising sign is your appearance. It's how you deal with threat. You know, Pisces rising wants to escape. It wants to, you know, that's how it deals with threat. It wants to escape maybe through painting or maybe through drugs and alcohol. <laughs> Scorpio rising deals with threat. That is to say, you know, when you feel vulnerable, scared, powerless, when you feel unsafe or attacked, you know, or uncomfortable. Scorpio will deal with that through avoidance or manipulation. You know, example is so someone is 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 a Scorpio rising person and somebody stops by and starts talking to them, you know, out in public. And they'll make a backhanded comment that that is saying, hey, I don't want to be I don't want to talk to you, but kind of in this really shitty backhanded way, instead of actually just being direct and saying, hey, you know, I'm busy, I'm talking to my friend, or something like that. It's the scorpion tail coming at you backwards and striking hard. And they make that barbed comment that is that strikes you, right? And you would have just said, hey, no worries, if they would have just been direct or owned their no and, and said no, but that's Scorpio. That's how Scorpio deals with threat is it deals with it through attack, manipulation, avoidance, or it might be like the victim or the wounded animal. So all of the 12 signs deal with that discomfort, feeling unsafe, feeling powerless, feeling vulnerable in different ways. So everyone has their rising sign, their, which, is their, which is your identity, your appearance, your character, 
It's your who you are-ness. Your moon is your emotional seascape. It's the deep inner nonverbal part of you, unless it's in an air sign or Virgo (laughs) or in an air house or the sixth house. And then most likely your moon's very, very verbal. Your moon may be unconsciously how you present to the world. It is your consciousness. That sign and house of your moon is your consciousness. It's what you need to emotionally feel good. And when you can't get it, you don't feel good. You, you know, you might turn to positive or maladaptive ways of coping. You will try to get your moon by house and sign when you feel uncomfortable and you need comfort and you need safety or shelter or if you need love or care or security you'll try to get your moon sign satisfied so a gemini moon is going to want to move or chat or connect or process a libra moon is going to want to deliberate or gather intel a capricorn moon is going to want to work or stick to the routine or get busy An Aries moon will exercise or start something. Could be a fight, could be a romance. It just wants to catalyze. The Taurus moon, it's going to go out in the woods and walk or go garden or cuddle up with some food um, and get comfortable. You get the idea. The signs very often present in a most obvious way once you see it, but Sometimes the signs will present in their lesser talked about forms. The signs are deep, fast archetypes, and there's a spectrum of behavior and traits and characteristics and and meanings. And so for each sign, it's such a deep archetype and such a spectrum of possibilities of the way the signs present. And while you think that Sag, you know, is very social, a Sag moon will mope and pout when they don't feel good. So, you know, you might think, oh, they'll go socialize, they'll go out, but a Sag moon will actually do the opposite. It'll mope and pout, and that's that kind of alienated part of the spectrum of Sag. Leo moon might, when they don't feel good, they might kind of be dignified and expect you to, like, feed them grapes and come to them and be asking after them. Um, A Leo moon could go in the corner and sulk until you come and and say, hey, come play with us, you know. (laughs) A Leo moon could just get really busy creating and be really self-contained in their own world until they feel better. There's a wide spectrum of how the signs can present, but it's always going to be a Leo, you know, presentation or a Scorpio presentation or a Gemini presentation. We all have all 12 signs in our chart. So how is that puzzle of our 12 signs playing out? either in a conscious, wonderful expression, advantageously helping us accomplish our goals, or how are they playing out and they are impacting our relationships, getting in the way of what we want to accomplish, uh, and the old patterns are playing out. So right now I'm teaching an online retreat called Healing Through the Zodiac, where each week we take a sign, and because you have all 12 signs in your chart, you're going to learn deeply how that sign is acting in your life. We're not going to go into the old, boring, patriarchal stories of the signs or any of the outdated information. I'm just going to really teach you a different way to be working with astrology, not to become an astrologer, but to actually use it if you were taught astrology from kindergarten to navigate your life to accomplish your goals, to make things happen, to have amazing relationships, to heal the hurts, to heal the old patterns that keep playing out and blocking you and being an obstacle to your greatest achievements, to your own greatness. 
you know, all all of the obstacles, typically about 80% of the obstacles to accomplishing any goal are all inner obstacles. <laughs> They're all within us. So if you want to come join us, uh, you can go to empoweredwomenrise.com and click the banner at the top of the webpage and find out all about healing through the Zodiac. It is so powerful. There's replays. Each week we meet and we do it in a sacred feminine women's circle style. Instead of the old worn out way of understanding yourself and others through the through the big three of the sun, moon, rising, let's start looking at the south node moon and rising and Pluto's house. You will understand people and yourself like you've never understood them before. And if you haven't signed up yet for Healing Through the Zodiac, you don't want to miss studying the signs in your own personality, in your own life, and in your own chart. In my online retreat, Healing Through the Zodiac, go to Empowered Women Rise. That's Empowered Women, plural with an E, rise, just four letters, dot com. Sending you all so much love until the next time.